What is God's will for your life? How do you know? Join us and find out all about this and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is podcast 058, podcast 58, and today we want to have a biblical conversation with you about this crazy world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's eye view perspective of a complex issue confronting you, the church, or our culture as we apply God's word to make sense of it all. And at the end of the podcast, we'll point you to additional resources just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. I think it's really, uh, this is a really interesting kind of question that you pose, and I think it's a question that is very relative to a lot of people who are trying to seek to do God's will. And I think it's a podcast that people will find probably very practical today. Yeah, Mark, I think people will find it practical and perhaps a little bit shocking or surprising, to say the least. How many times do we hear people or hear of people in a quest to discover God's perfect plan for their life? Yeah, I mean, I think for myself in student ministries um, and working with young adults and things, you hear this all the time because they're constantly trying to figure out, oh, what's God's will for where I'm going to go to college or um, what I'm going to do for my full-time job and, and, and what are those things? And so it's definitely a question I think we hear, especially in the church, over and over and over. And you know what, Mark? It's a good question to hear asked. It's good that people raise such concerns. And why is that? Because on the positive side, it shows a desire, perhaps a hunger, for God and His will, knowing and doing the will of God from the heart. And these days, so often it seems that there are way too many people who don't give such things a second thought. So hearing or reading of someone expressing such a desire is encouraging and refreshing even. And also, the good news is this, knowing God's will isn't as complicated as some would imagine. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good statement to make, and I think people will often hear you or I say that and say, oh, well, you're a pastor, so you know how to do this. Um, so why don't you expand on why it's really not that complicated? Well, first, not to get hyper-technical or hyper-theologically complex, we need to understand that there are indeed several wills of God. Wait, what do you mean by several wills of God? That seems uh, a little bit off. Well, let me explain, starting with Deuteronomy 29.29. Deuteronomy 29.29 will be our jumping-off point for today. And here's what it says. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Now, here you gain insight into the existence of at least two wills of God, Theologians call one of these the revealed will of God. That's the will of God revealed in the scriptures. And then there's the secret or hidden will of God, things that we don't know about, things that we can't know about. Okay, why don't you talk about those two different wills of God? Okay, well, when you think about it, there really shouldn't be a surprise to a Christian, for example, that no one knows the hour or the moment that Christ will return. You see, there are some things that God intends to do, but chooses not to reveal them to us, or the timing, like the second coming of Christ. It also applies to the day that he's determined that you and I or other people should die, that he would take us home, or, you know, if we live and pass before Christ returns. These are examples of the secret will of God. The revealed will is just what God says it is in this verse, 
We just read it a moment ago. Let me read it again. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. God's revealed will for every believer is contained and revealed in his law, in his word, in the Bible. The revealed will is how he wants us to think, live, and speak. What type of person God wants us to choose as a spouse. The type of man that a church should use for its leader. You know, uh, this is what God wants. God's revealed will is found in the commands and the principles and the prescriptions of the Bible. This is the will to which he also holds us accountable. All right, so then I guess that leads me to the question, can we discover God's secret will then? Yes, yes, we can. Sure can. Just look back over your shoulder at the past and you can see the hand of providence bringing about God's secret will, bringing it about in this world or in your life, generally speaking. But to be clear, there's no way to discover his secret will in advance. And God's revealed will, sadly, is often the most accessible to us and the one that we access the least. God has made it available to mankind and so few men, so few people turn to it. And that's too bad because people are much more interested in discovering the proverbial God's perfect plan for my life. So like for your life then? Well, okay, Mark, nice try. No, for their <laughs> life, not my life, for their life or or their or our lives. There, There's this thought that there is some hidden perfect plan which everyone needs to discover. It's almost like there's this treasure map which must be found and so we can follow it to where X marks the spot of God's perfect plan for our life. So you're talking about things like, you know, I find just the right job or buying just the right car, or marrying just the right person, like things like that? Yeah, what we're talking about now, I think, is decision-making and the will of God. And But what I'd like to do is to quickly cover the other wills and apply them to the decision-making and the will of God process. So for starters... You have the revealed will of God, which reveals uh, God's decrees, God's commands. And then there is such a thing as the sovereign will of God, which, again, you can discover by looking back over your shoulder at what has already taken place in the past. But we understand that God's sovereign will cannot be resisted. It cannot be thwarted. And we read about it in Isaiah 46.10, that God declares the end from the beginning, things that have not yet taken place, and that he will most certainly accomplish his good pleasure. Now, God's declared or revealed or decreed will can be ignored, and we call this sin. And when we ignore this will, his declared will, his revealed will, we do so at our peril. And so now let's discuss God's perfect plan for your life, which everyone seems to want to discover. But let me just give you a spoiler alert right now. There isn't one. It's a myth. It's a myth born out of bad or defective uh, theology. Well, now that you've uh, given everybody the bad news about um, that I'm sure they didn't want to hear, that there's no perfect plan for their life, why don't you explain to us how to then discover that, that will? Well, let me just take some time and explore this a little further. Because there are people who are just committed to the idea that if they can just discover God's perfect will for their life, that they can enjoy God's best. So let me give you a reason why common sense tell you, tells you this can't be so, let alone the fact that you can't find it anywhere in Scripture. Suppose that God had just one woman for you to marry, and you didn't marry her. Mm-hmm. 
And so now you can't have God's best. But then neither can she because you had to ask her to marry you and you didn't. So she ends up marrying somebody else and you marry somebody else. And now you've got four people who are going to miss God's best for their lives. But it gets worse. Suppose they have children. But now all these children are in a mess because they've got the wrong parents and things keep multiplying and spiraling out, out of control, downhill from there. And so this whole idea is just, it's illogical and it's nonsensical. I'm not trying to be mean. I mean, sure, there is a perfect type of spouse, if you want to put it that way, perfect. There is a type of spouse God wants you to have, and that's found in God's word. And there's a particular type of man that a church needs to choose as an elder. I remember a man coming to me once uh, several years ago, and he was in a dilemma. And he, he had met two Christian women at church, very mature, and, they, and he wanted to date one of them, and he was looking for a wife. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, and so I asked him, so are both of these women believers? And his answer was yes, yes, they were. And I asked, are they both in a good church and growing? And, he's, and they were both in the same church which actually is kind of a risky thing when you think about it. <laughs> and then, but his answer was yes. And I asked him if they were both spiritually mature to the same level. And his answer was yes. I asked, so which one do you prefer? And his answer was, well, I don't know. I want God's best. I know he has a perfect plan for my life, and I want to discover it. And the problem with his thinking was this. He was looking for that X marks the spot treasure map that proverbial and mythological treasure map that is God's perfect plan for his life. There is no such plan. It's pure fiction. And beyond that, it's bad fiction. And so my counsel was, pick one. All things being equal, now comes down to your preference. Since your heart is in the right place, both of these women are equally spiritual, equally spiritually mature. They're both, they're both believers and so you have these two wonderful Christian women, and the choice is yours. There is no secret plan for your life. There is no hidden treasure map with an X marking the spot. And I suppose his intent was good, but imagine if we carry this out to the furthest extent possible. Let me give you another crazy example of how far this goes. You're driving down the freeway, and God's plan is that you take freeway exit A, but you get hemmed in or blocked, and you end up taking freeway exit B. Does that mean you are now hopelessly off course? Because at the exact minute that you should have been taking one exit, you chose another two minutes later? Well, I mean, this one kind of seems like a an extreme example of kind of like, I think, what you're trying to say. Well, it is, because for purposes of illustrating the point, when you carry this type of thinking to its logical conclusion, that's where you end up. But let's think about it for a moment. Why would God hold you accountable to something that he has not revealed? This is contrary both to the character of God and to the witness and testimony of Scripture. Again, Deuteronomy 29, 29 pretty well makes that clear. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us. We are accountable for and to our children, who we should be teaching these things to forever, that we may do what? All the words of this law. God's perfect plan for your life is that you remain faithful to him by applying his word to your life as you make individual decisions based on your individual uh, context and circumstances. And that's about it. This is the testimony of Scripture implicitly and explicitly. Here's another example, one that's a little more subtle and nuanced, but think with me on this 
in this next passage. Psalm 119, I think it's 105, says, Your word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, that is the way forward. God's word shows us the way in which we should go. And then there's the New Testament version of that, and it's a passage we all know, 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable, useful, helpful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be equipped and complete for every good work. Or even just the last half of Psalm 19. But let's go back to 2 Timothy 3 here for a moment in Deuteronomy 29. You see, all Scripture is useful for all these things so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. He knows how he's supposed to think, what he's supposed to do, how he's supposed to make his decisions. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Don't miss what's going on here. If you want a roadmap for your, for your life that has to do with God's perfect will, then look to the scriptures. They are truly, and they are the only one-size-fits-all proposition. And whether there's an explicit command or a prohibition or what have you, they will provide you a principle or practice for every situation you will encounter. They will show you God's perfect will for your life and everyone else's too. Okay, so I hear you on that, and I agree, but... But what? But I, I'm kind of thinking of those people, uh, and I've definitely heard heard this kind of said, you know, well, I my plan is unique. My, I'm different than everyone else, and they want this kind of custom-made plan for their lives. So what do you say to those people? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Mark. Let me clear something up, because people are unique. We are all just as different from one another as one fingerprint is from another. But the fact is, we all live in God's world and are governed by God's principles, even if we try to ignore them, even if we're an unbeliever. And we all struggle with sin, with the hardships associated with living in a fallen world. Trust me, I get that. My own life has been particularly difficult at times. But we all have the opportunity to apply God's word, God's principles, God's wisdom to our own situations. But make no mistake— This is a common misconception that, oh, my problems are different than everybody else's. No person on this earth is facing a situation now or a circumstance now that others haven't faced in the past. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability, but will with the temptation... He will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. But look at the first part of that verse. No temptation, no trial, no circumstance has overtaken you. You're not facing any situation that is not common to man. In the word there could be mankind or humanity. We are facing the same fallen world and experiences that others have faced in the past. And God knows all of our struggles. He knows all of your struggles, all of my struggles. And he has provided in his providence and word a way of escape, a way forward. And that way includes his perfect and revealed will because he loves us. Remember, he sent his son to die for us when we must never lose sight of that. And the psalmist reminds us that our father in heaven knows our frames are fragile. In Psalm 39, I think it says he knows our frames are but dust. What does that mean? 
It means he understands our frailty. He doesn't expect sinless perfection. However, he does ask and expect our loyalty and faithfulness, and he has provided his word to guide us. And it is our obedience to that word that demonstrates our love for him. It's an act of worship. And that's why we read a moment ago, and I want to read it again. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us. And where are those things found? That we may do all the words of his law. They're found in his word. We're not responsible for some secret hidden will. The secret things belong to God. That's his job. That's his concern. And so there's no perfect secret plan for you to uncover or discover. You are expected, however, to hold to and follow the things that are revealed in his word, in his law, because he has made them plain to us. And he made it, dare I say, or at least manageable, if not easy, to follow. And in so doing, he reduced it to writing, and he preserved and transmitted it down through the pages of time in a readable and accessible uh, fashion. And today we have so many excellent translations in so many different languages, and this is very good news indeed, that his revealed word is his revealed will for the church in every time, era, and, and, and epoch. And, and so that's the good news, that God has made his will known to us, he has made it accessible to us, and he has preserved it for us because he loves us and he doesn't want to leave us without guidance and he never leaves himself without a witness. You know, Keith, all this reminds me of something that I tell a lot of my uh, student or my youth leaders uh, that are working with these students. And, and really it's we need to be faithful to exactly what God has called us to do and let him be faithful in all of those other things. And so as you talked through, you know, trying to find God's will for your life and all of these things, I think one of the biggest things, maybe one of the most important things for us to just remember every day in our life is be faithful to exactly what God has called you to do in that moment. You're not, you might not get some sign from the sky, but be faithful to exactly what you know he's commanded you to do in his word and let him work the rest of those things out. You know, Mark, that's, that's great. That's why we a lot of times say at this church, abide in Christ, obey his word, and let him do the heavy lifting. Well, that's it for today, Mark. Thanks for joining us, everyone. If you'd like additional resources, go to www.gracetoliveradio.org and hit the resource button. And we've got some great resources there. If you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside Church, visit us online at www.hillside.org. And you can join us in worship for worship in person at 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11. Hey, October 30th, we have our outdoor fall fest. It's our fall festival with games and trunk or treat and food trucks and bounce houses. Bring the whole family. Come and relax with us. In the meantime, whatever your podcast platform, give us a good rating. Share us with your friends. Help us expand the reach of this ministry. This is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler saying God bless you and God keep you.